You're listening to the Assembly 317 podcast. Whether you're a Christian or just curious what Christians believe, this is a space and time for us to learn about the practices found in faith. Well, welcome back. I'm Joel. And I'm Rebecca. And we are following up our next episode today after talking about prayer and why it's an important practice. We talked for a good little while about that, and then Rebecca actually followed up that episode with a practice. And so if you haven't listened to that and you're interested in those topics, we uh, encourage you to stop or after this one, uh, go and review that. So thank you for doing that podcast and that practice, Rebecca. You're welcome. Would you uh, share with everybody here why uh, our next topic, or what our next topic is and why it's important to you? Sure. I I am going to be, and we are going to be talking about scripture reading this week. So um, the Christian faith has uh, what we call the Bible. It is made up for us of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is shared with the Jewish faith and is their holy scripture as well. And we as Christians believe that we can learn from the Bible because it contains the truth of God through the ages and especially for us it teaches us who Jesus was and what he did during his time on earth and then what he handed down to his followers, his disciples to continue to do. I've heard other people say that it's uh, no longer relevant to modern life and doesn't really agree with its own self. Um, uh, not a lot, maybe a lie, or but, but Christians view it as an inspired word from God. Right, and so as a Christian, that's how I view it, as the inspired word of God. Uh, I, I don't really want to get into the whole, is it a lie? Is it because, right, if you're a Christian, you believe it's not a lie. Mm-hmm. If you're outside the tradition, you might believe it's a lie, or at least... You know, people are foolish to believe it. I can't argue someone into a different position on that. What I will say about relevant to modern life, I think this is a really interesting thing that we have to be careful of. So there are all kinds of pieces of literature, wisdom, proverbs, sayings, laws and things that get passed down generationally. And so just because something is old or predates us doesn't mean it's obsolete because truth doesn't become obsolete. Beauty doesn't become obsolete. Now, we can have a different understanding of truth and beauty as we experience the world and experience different things. Sometimes our views of what is true and what is beautiful may change. But some of this is a philosophical question, though, of what is what. But I think that it's interesting that, and I'm not trying to, like, bag on anybody here, but I have met people who would, they'll quote Plato, who is a super long-ago dead guy. Like, he is from the same time as some of the scripture writing. And so you'll quote Plato and say that is truth. 
So here's something true to think about and ponder about. But then when it comes to religious teachings, religious literature, well, that's, I can't believe you psychos believe that, you know, like, and I know I don't think anyone who's listening to this right now would say that about us, you know, but I have had people kind of, especially in my college days, because I I was a Christian already in college and, you know, it would be like, well, I can't believe you could believe that. And it's like, well, but you believe the words of a super long ago dead guy too. So how do you rectify that then? Mm -hmm. And I, I was not having arguments in college. I just tried to get through and get my diploma and get out. So I did not make these arguments back then. Mm -hmm. But the issue is just that if you are going to read other forms of ancient literature, philosophy, and thought, but pass on the Bible because it's a religious piece of work, I think there's a misunderstanding that all those people would have had some sort of belief system, faith system, etc., that undergirded how they got to their thoughts and reasonings as well. Sure. And so I think that just throwing out all of the Bible because it is religious work and it's from a long time ago and all that is really unfair to it as a work of literature, as a work of philosophy, as a work of historical narrative in a lot of parts of the Bible. And so I don't think it's fair to it in its literary form either to throw it out as just something old. I think that's understandable. So is that what you would say personally, why you read scripture or you find it important? Um, no. <laughs> I, I think that some of that helps me. I'm, I tend to be a logical person, and so some of that helps me. I was introduced to the Bible, really. I had a Bible growing up, um, but it was something hard for me to understand. We didn't attend church regularly, and so there were gaps where you can't really fill it in. And I started going to church regularly when I was about 12 years old, and someone gave me a Bible that was a little more readable for my age. They gave me one that was really geared toward teenagers, so that 12 to 15-year-old range. And um, I found truth in it. I found goodness in it. I found beauty in it. I found um, not all the answers for life. I personally don't think that's what the Bible has, is every answer for life you could ever have. What should I cook for Friday night dinner? Like, I don't think the Bible is going to tell you that. But in it, I did find, especially in in the life and story of Jesus, I found this truth of God coming as a person to be with us and to live the human experience. I couldn't have put it this way at 12. Don't get me. Like, I'm, I was not some super genius at 12 who understood life and faith completely in the moment I opened the Bible. It's not like that. But I did see this goodness, this truth, this and, and now I would understand it as I, when I read, especially the life of Jesus, when I read, I saw the world being made better through his presence. And so that's what scripture for me really is and what I've held on to is that when I read it, when I apply the, the principles in, in the world, life is made better through God's presence.
And what about you, Joel? What has scripture reading been for you? I know you grew up in church. You grew up with a family that did read the Bible actively. Mm -hmm. So your experience with the Bible is a little bit different than mine. Well, I definitely, like you said, uh, regularly uh, fed myself with the Word of God as kind of the way my family um, more or less phrased it. And so to me, it was still difficult, though. And I mentioned this in our in our intro to this whole podcast, but uh, seasons of my life, it was really difficult to do. And I found out later on because of unknowingly struggling with dyslexia. So reading was really tough for me and was boring in some stages, just to be quite honest, because I just kind of took it at face value and just started at the beginning and got stuck on all the names and genealogies and everything. And I hear uh, one resource I love uh, to, to study and kind of learn from some or think about things indifferently is called Bible Project. And so uh, I would put in a little um, extra about them, which I think you mentioned them as well. Yeah, I mentioned them. And so like you can tell we love them. Uh, however, long term, I began to really notice that my life was better. Um, it talks about uh, renewing your mind in one passage, and I really do feel like that kind of encapsulates it for me. It, it helps me to refocus or renew my mind on things that I actually value, come back to again and again. And so that sustained me, that encouraged me, and that challenged challenges me still to this day. Um, and so I think Bible reading is important because it helps you refocus, uh, especially as a Christian. But I think there are valuable things in there for people that don't believe as well that are still can be challenging. To, like you mentioned, the love chapter. Like, love is truly what, how that is described. And so uh, it might be difficult for some people in some areas, but some of it is very encouraging, very helpful. And so I just encourage other people to do that. And I would say it's helped me as a Christian, and this is a weird way of saying it to a person that maybe hasn't heard me talk like this before, but... Um, it helps me to know the heart of God. And I think that really is what it comes back to sound to. So I know that you have studied this and maybe some of the people out there, the tens that maybe listen to this, um, or people that just come along to it randomly. Um, you love thinking about this stuff deeply. You kind of even made fun of yourself uh, some earlier, but what are some practical ways that you have found most helpful or that you've come across that are that could help somebody that's out there trying to do it for the first time or maybe just needs to refresh uh, sure. in a refreshing way? Yeah, so I think I said this in the prayer podcast as well, but all of the spiritual practices we'll talk about can be done communally in a group. Mm -hmm. Often, it's usually a Sunday morning church gathering or a separate prayer night type event or worship with music type event, um, or they can be done privately. And by private, I guess I should also say like, not just solo, but in a smaller group where it's maybe family or just a few close friends. I guess that would be more private than a larger public gathering where anyone could walk in. So sure. I'll say private is in a way of like you have control over who is not who is in the space with you. 
but they can be done privately as in completely solo too. So uh, going from the communal side of it, most churches have some sort of presentation of uh, read and spoken scripture. So it looks different church to church, but we visited a lot of churches now, you and I, Joel, in the, we've been married for 11 years, um, and we've experienced a lot of different types of churches. And by what I mean by that, for people who are unfamiliar, there are different denominational affiliations, which just means they all believe in Jesus, they all believe in God. That's how you decide you're a Christian church. But they might have a slightly different variation on some core tenets of faith that set them apart. So different types would be like, we're Assemblies of God, but there's different, a couple different Presbyterian groups, Methodist, Episcopalian, Lutheran, Baptist. There's many different types of Baptist churches. There's other, we are part of the Pentecostal groups, but there's many other types of Pentecostal churches and groups. Many churches will get together and form an affiliation, often called a denomination. So within that, there are different ways of scripture reading. So we have a friend that's a pastor at a Presbyterian church. We have gone to his services a few times, and they do a lot of communal reading where the pastor might read the first line of the scripture, and then the congregation responds with the next line, or they just do it in one corporate voice reading the scripture together. In our tradition, the Assemblies of God, it is much more common for the pastor to read a large section of scripture before they start preaching. And so it's not the congregation responding in some way, but it, it's a large, uh, a large section of scripture read that is the premise for the message that will be given for the day. And also during the worship time, during the music time, other scriptures may be read throughout by other voices, but it's often not, um, not in the call and response fashion Mm -hmm. that someone like the Presbyterian church that we've been to has where it is meant to go back and forth. And so I will say as a caveat to that, we are talking a lot about reading scripture for those that are auditory atypical or are visually atypical, um, you may find one thing is better for you than the other. You may find that reading, actually seeing the print is better. You may find that you need to listen and read the print at the same time to get anything out of the, or you may find that really only listening works for you because your discernment in what's happening with the words. And as another caveat to that, (laughs) I didn't mean to make this part this long. Um, there are different translations of the Bible into English. So the Bible was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. It is translated into English by people interpreting what they believe it means in historical context and with usually pushback from others around them on on how to translate that word out of the original language into, into English. So you may have to experiment with translations to find one that helps you understand. And if you need help with that, you can email us at hello at the assembly. No, that's wrong. Hello at the assembly 317.com. I couldn't remember where that 317 went. And then you could also message us on social media. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and you could message us about 
different types of the Bible or different translations, and we can help you find that. Okay, so back to what I was originally trying to say before I went off on that long tangent. <laughs> There's almost, I've never, I've never been in a church service in the many different types of church services I've been in where scripture reading wasn't part of the service. I've, I've never experienced that. So for personal, whether that's completely solo or in a very, very small private group, there, are, there is intensive study where you're digging through some of the root meaning of words and you're maybe taking a smaller passage and comparing it to multiple passages that have other contexts similar to that. There's reading for memorization. Um, and this is a long-held tradition in Christianity where you memorize portions of scripture. Not everyone was literate a thousand years ago. And so if you're if, you, if scripture is a regular part of your life, memorization is a huge part of that and being able to hold on to scripture. There's things like Lectio Divina, which is taking a small portion of scripture and using it also for a prayer time. So it's combining the practices of scripture reading and prayer and doing a really deep personal reading of the scripture so that it reads you. And then there's also like devotional reading where you could use a method. Um, I know a very popular one is called SOAP, which is study, observation, application, prayer. So you, you study, you read, you might read some commentaries or things. You observe what you see in the scripture, what it's about. You then take that observation and apply it to your life. And then you pray for God to guide you in that application. And we've already mentioned genre and being... Um, and digging through the genre of the book or even the section within the book so that you know what it is you're actually reading. Am I reading history or am I reading a letter? Am I reading poetry? What am I reading right now? Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that you mentioned, Joel, is like, well, this doesn't apply to me because it's from so long ago. And I think most Christians have some sort of belief built into their, their teaching that you know, this is important for all of us because we follow Christ. So what happens if you don't believe in, in God or you're unsure and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian? I think there are sections of the Bible that are, like I said, if you'll read Plato or someone like that, you could read parts of the Bible in the same way. So um, I think about like the book of Proverbs. It has a lot of, it's just wisdom teaching. It's sayings that were passed down and shared. And some of them are very religious, but a lot of them are very practical. Another thing would be, if you want to know more about Christianity, reading something like Luke and Acts, they serve kind of as historical books for the life of Jesus and then how the church started. Where did this church come from? And so Luke and Acts in the New Testament would be something that people could read. I know people who are not Christians who enjoy reading something like Revelation. Honestly, as a Christian, sometimes Revelation is over my head. <laughs> so Same. good Same. luck. I mean, but it is, it's a pretty wild book. I mean, if you want to read some really wild stuff, Revelation is right there for you. And so I think those are some I'm probably looking at it. Those are some of my picks for like, well, I'm not so sure about Christianity. I'm not so sure about God and the Bible. Those would be my top picks for things you could look at if you are interested in exploring the Bible in some fashion. Not to add too much because you did a pretty good lay of the land there, but I was actually, 
I failed to mention when I was talking about how I read with dyslexia, you know, the, the struggles. Yeah. I think uh, listening to scripture and, you know, looking over it too, but listening really had helped me bring it to um, more reality, uh, to hear somebody saying it out loud, like in a study manner, really helped me to take it to the next level personally. Um, yeah, and I will say sometimes struggling with something helps us grow. Yeah. But sometimes struggling with something can be such a discouragement that it just crushes us. Yep. And so I think that with scripture reading, um, especially if you're newer to Christianity or newer to faith or un- unsure, like it shouldn't be this huge struggle. I think for me now as someone who's who's been in the Christian faith for a long time, it's good for me to sometimes have to struggle through and push through and and develop those muscles. But if, if every day was a struggle, I would just be discouraged. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that everything should have to be such a struggle. And especially I think right now with the pandemic and with things open and closed and up and down and people you know and love are hospitalized and you don't know how they're going to be. Like, it's okay to not struggle in this area too. Mm-hmm. And to create some lightness like as a Christian and what I mentioned about finding God and finding Jesus in in the gospels in the New Testament I didn't meet a God who wanted me to struggle and hurt and he he came and did that and it was so that I could experience something better and a new life and I don't think I just don't think that that God that I met then wants everything in every moment of our lives to be this huge, painful struggle. Agreed. So if you've never uh, read scripture before, you're going to have an opportunity to do that in the practice with Rebecca in our next episode. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for listening and hearing from our hearts today. Assembly 317 Podcast in just a few weeks.